0: Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, and I write science fiction and fantasy. I used to be in the Navy, spent 20 years doing submarine operations, among other cool things. Learned to fly planes, learned to scuba dive, had a bunch of kids, saw the world, and I started writing fiction. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing my stories with you in the hope that you'll have fun, and also that you'll like my stuff and come back for more and maybe help brother out with buying a book or two. So uh, sit back, relax, I'm going to tell you a story. Hey friends, it's Michael Kingswood. It's story time. And uh, hey, look, I got a mic boom and a pop filter trying to make uh, sound sound better around this thing because (laughs) why not? Might as well be professional for a change. So I'm going to keep this one pretty short. Uh, Got later in the week recording this than I wanted to be so I'm just going to do one chapter of the Pericles conspiracy today but I wanted to let you know that hey uh, something special is going on tomorrow and uh, as a result I'm going to do something special for all you guys too the special thing is it's my birthday hey I'm a year older tomorrow on the 9th and I got to uh, thinking what could I do for my listeners and podcasters and readers it's like I know I made a coupon code, or I had SSN Storytelling make a coupon code. So starting today, the 8th, and going through the 16th, it's 20% off any title from the SSN Storytelling web store. Because I love you and want you to be happy, and the folks at SSN Storytelling agree. SSN Storytelling agree with me. Uh, so go check out all the titles, pick up the ones you want, get a discount, it's even better especially since I have two new titles up. I've got, uh, I already told you about Doppelganger, the story I did for the uh, Infinite Bard. That's up there and all the other retailers out there. And audiobook. Yes, audiobook, because I recorded an audio version of it. And ebook form. Also, my newest one was put out about a week ago. It's finally finished publishing through the various channels. It's up there. It's called Final Extraction. It's a military science fiction story. Um, that's also an ebook and audiobook, every retailer you can find, and on the SSN Storytelling Web Store, since, of course, they're, they're awesome. And that's because I'm associated with them. That's the reason why I'm associated with them, is because they're awesome. But anyway, um, so that's what's going on in the writing world. Uh, it's, it's the Sunday, the 8th of September, uh, week 21. I have not yet finished my week 21 story yet, but I will. In fact, I'm just taking a brief pause in writing it right now in order to record this, because I needed to. Okay, so we'll keep it short this week. Just one chapter. Sorry about that, but that's how it works sometimes. We'll do two next week. All right, so we'll get started here in a second. Hope you enjoy it. I'll talk to you on the flip side. The Pericles Conspiracy. Written by me. Read by me. No sense apologizing anymore. CHAPTER 30 ALONE Joe stalked across the motel room and hurled her bag across the room. It struck the wall with a resounding thud and for a moment almost seemed to stick there before falling to the floor. She did not want to consider what was on the wall that could have possibly made it do that. "'Calm down, Joe," Malcolm said from behind her. He pulled the door closed with a solid click of the lock. "'We can't be going off the handle here.' "'What?' Joe turned on him with her best I'm-the-captain-you-have-really-pissed-me-off look. This time, she did not even need to fake it. She was gratified to see him recoil a bit. What did you say? Malcolm raised his hands in front of himself in a placating gesture. If we're going to get through this, we need to be calm. Think things through. I can... Stow it. Just stow it, Malcolm. Joe was half inclined to march over there and smack him silly. This was all his fault. All of it. If he hadn't gone and... And what? Tried to do the right thing? Snarling, Joe forced that little voice in her head away before it stole her fury. Anger was all that kept her going right then. She needed it. Malcolm just looked at her silently, his face smooth. But his eyes told a different story. He was stricken, stricken to the core. And beyond his fear, she could see guilt and concern. For her well-being, she was sure. Joe's momentary fury at him left, and she slumped down onto the edge of the bed. It was hard as a rock. Typical. "'What are we going to do?' she asked, and inwardly cringed the despair, the hopelessness that she heard in her own voice. "'I gave up my career, my life, for this. And now it's over?' Horrified, Joe heard her voice break at the end. She was not going to cry. She had not cried since her father died, and she had promised herself... She could not help it. Tears welled up, and she could not suppress a sob. That first one unleashed the floodgates. She sagged down, cradling her face in her hands, and wept. She wept for herself for Malcolm, for the helpless babies that were being destroyed, for everything. At some point, Malcolm sat next to her on the bed and pulled her close. She fell asleep, weeping on his shoulder. The next morning dawned clear, with only a few high stratus clouds in the otherwise pristine sky. Any other day, Joe would not have noticed so much. But today, the beauty of the new day kindled something within her. Looking out the motel window toward the sun as it slowly peeked above the mountains to the east, Joe felt despair and grief from the previous night wash away. Yesterday had been horrible, yes, but today was a new day and could be better. She turned away from the window and sipped at her coffee. Malcolm had slipped out before she woke and returned with it, along with bagels, and found herself wishing the same could be said of the motel room. It still sucked. She had thought the motel they crashed in with Raoul was bad, but at least that place had been cleaned sometime in the previous year. This place stunk to high heaven and had dust on every horizontal surface. If she had been in a state to notice it last night, there was no way that she would have consented to stay there. She felt grimy just looking at the room, and she did not want to think about using the shower. There was no telling what had taken place in the bathroom of a place like this. But there had been little choice last night. By the time Pedro's men were finished with them, it was late. They could either use this place or wander around for a while, trying to find someplace else. That prospect was even more unappealing than the conditions of the motel. All the same, it was a good thing they weren't staying. Okay, what's the plan? Joe had a couple ideas, but none of them were very appealing or likely to succeed. Hopefully Malcolm had come up with something. He rolled his shoulders in an almost shrug. First, we need to find a place where we can stay for a while. Settle in. Then, he ran one hand through his hair in the same way he did back as a nonqual on his first starliner when he could not answer his superior's question. Then we find some more support. Oh, great. He had no more of a clue what to do than Joe did. And between the two of them, he was the expert in the underworld. They were so screwed. Her doubt must have showed on her face because he smiled in a manner that Joe supposed was meant to be comforting. It'll be okay, Joe. I know some other people. We can get a team together, figure out a way to make some money. I'm sorry, what? We're not trying to start a business here, Malcolm. Malcolm sighed and looked down at the floor. Joe, I think you need to face the fact that we've lost. Like hell. Malcolm scowled, the first genuine emotion he had shown since leaving Pedro last night. What would you have us do, Joe? We've only a little money, no contacts, no friends, no way to fight, or even find out what the NSA is doing with those eggs. He spread his hands helplessly. They beat us. I'm sorry, but it's true. Joe snorted. Thought you said there were other underground cells all over the world. There are, but Pedro doesn't speak for all of them. We'll just head on down to Australia and make contact down there. They may still want to help. Malcolm looked at Joe for a long moment. Surprised, then excitement flashed across his face. Then that faded back into resignation. He shook his head. Wouldn't work, Joe. I've only ever dealt with a cell here in Quito. I wouldn't even know how to get in touch with the Brisbane group. And even if I did, he sighed, Pedro will send word to the other cells that we can't be trusted. They will not give us the time of day. We should try anyway. Malcolm rolled his eyes, and how will we get there? Joe blinked. What do you mean? We just hop on a plane and go. They take biometrics at every airport, Joe. Oh, crap. Joe hadn't thought about that. Malcolm nodded. I've not left Quito except by car in 18 months, for security reasons. Joe found herself biting her lip in frustration, something she had not done since she was a girl, and forced herself to stop. This was going to be even more difficult than she thought it was. Well, we'll figure out a way. We have to keep going, Malcolm. I don't see how. I think it would be best to take some time to get our feet back under us first, get some cash flow, make some new contacts. How much time do you think those eggs have? If I were Chandini, I'd be making preps to close up shop right now. Malcolm had no response to that. He simply frowned and looked away. Truth told, there was merit to his notion. It was hard to be effective without a solid footing. But there was no time. All the same, the obstacles seemed insurmountable. There had to be a way. There was always a way. Well, Malcolm said as he rose to his feet, we won't figure it out this second. For now, let's find a better place to hole up. Joe could not argue with that. Just the thought of leaving this place behind lifted her spirits considerably. They emerged from the hotel room into the morning sunlight, and the earlier optimism Joe felt watching the sunrise returned. She slung her bag over her shoulder and inhaled deeply, reveling in the fresh morning breeze for a moment, letting her mind go while Malcolm went to the motel office to settle the bill. The motel was not a script easily exchanged with any of a million similar places, except for its level of upkeep. Just a few rooms with doors opening into a small parking lot and the office at the far end. At this time in the morning, the parking lot was next to empty, and Joe imagined most of the rooms were as well. This place struck her as more of a place where people come for just a short time at night with people they have no intention of seeing again, or with whom they do not wish to be caught. She had heard the term before, no motel. It summed the place up perfectly. Joe shook her head, smirking at the judgment she was making. She was not so different from those Johns and cheating spouses at this point, was she? On the run, fearful of being caught. But at least she was trying to do something good. Malcolm returned, the resignation and grimness gone from his face now that they were taking action. We're all set. They set off walking. The motel was on the outskirts of one of Quito's northern suburbs, though the suburb was probably the wrong word for it. Most suburbs were fairly well-to-do and nice, while this place could charitably be called down on its luck. It was strange to see the closed businesses, the boarded-up buildings, the destitute-looking people so close to the wealth and extravagance of one of the world's greatest cities. How did this place get so run down? Malcolm eyed a man with hungry eyes who watched them as they walked past. For a moment, Joe almost thought the fellow was going to do something, right there in the daylight. But instead, he looked away, defeated. I heard there was some sort of scandal with the town's mayor and a large business owner, millions of credits embezzled or something. That wouldn't drive the entire town to poverty, Joe said, not unless it was in isolation. This, she gestured to yet another house that looked as though it was barely standing. This is horrible. Why hasn't someone done something? Malcolm raised an eyebrow at her. They are. Most of the people here are on public support, of some sort or other. The local chamber of commerce is trying to encourage businesses to return, but it takes a lot of encouragement to get someone to be the first to go into a situation like this, Joe finished for him. Malcolm nodded. Becky told me about some of the projects the CFL was doing here to pull people out of their learned helplessness. Progress was slow. Joe mulled that over as they walked. She should not have been surprised. She had seen poverty on every world she had visited. Some had it worse than others. But the poor wall was there, and it seemed they always would be there. It was sad, but she had more immediate things to worry over at the moment. After a couple of kilometers, they came to an intersection with a larger road and turned south. It took a moment, but Joe realized it was Highway 35. Is that safe house you mentioned before near here? Malcolm looked sidelong at her, confused for a moment. Then he blinked in surprise. He looked around at the buildings and signs on the road and grinned. It is. About five clicks ahead and then another couple kilometers, to the left. Is it continuously manned, or just available for wh- whomever needs it? Malcolm's smile grew until it nearly stretched ear to ear. Well, life sucks. You don't have any friends, and no contacts, very little money... Might as well crash on your old friend's safe house, I guess. That's how it goes. So, if you want to see what happens with Malcolm and Joe next, better turn in next week for the uh, next couple of chapters. Of course, you can always go buy it. And now you can buy it from the SSN Storytelling Web Store for a 20% discount. Just use the coupon code THEBIG44 which I think I forgot to tell you about the coupon code earlier. Um, the Big 44 is the coupon code all through the SSN, story SSN Storytelling website. Uh, that will get you 20% off of any of the uh, books on there in whatever format. And why the Big 44? Well, guess how old I am tomorrow. <sighs> Great. Anyway, um, anyway, I hope you liked this uh, chapter. Go buy the book. Go tell people about the book. Leave reviews if you've read it. And like and subscribe to the podcast and the video channels. And come back and see me next time. Until then, you know what I say. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. You can find me online at michaelkingswood.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. My web store is ssnstorytelling.com, where you can find all my books in your favorite formats. Purchasing through the web store nets me the most profit, but if you prefer, I'm also on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and all the other usual e-tailers. If you want to learn about new releases, sign up for my mail list through the contact form at my website. I guarantee not to spam you, only send an email when I have some news to share. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyright of Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.